Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P dot com. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk, interviews with the living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. This week coming to us is a Charlotte Benson, a Yoti Debbie, which is another way of saying for most of us Westerners, astrologer. And uh, Charlotte Benson has been practicing astrology for um, since 1972, and it's currently 2021, so there's some fat, fast math for me, almost 50 years. And she's a charter member and five-term president of the Arizona Society of Astrologers, one of the largest and oldest astrological organizations of its kind in the West. And she's also an experienced public speaker, guest media commentator on astrology, and presenter at international astrology conferences. Trust me when I tell you, folks, if you like astrology, you are about to listen to a big wig in the astrology community. I am so lucky to have Charlotte Benson with us. So, Charlotte, how's it going today? It's going just super groovy. Thank you for asking, Mike. Awesome. And, uh... We are we're personal friends, but you're also my astrologer, and I've been seeing you for many years, so I am dying to hear you answer all these questions, because normally I see you and I ask a ton of questions about me, 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 but now it's going to be all about you. So uh, my first series of questions, I ask every guest this, is uh, if you don't mind for our audience to kind of picture who they're talking to, um, how old are you, where did you grow up, and what generation do you belong to, if any? Oh, well, those are pretty simple questions. Uh I'm 70, amazingly enough. Uh, I grew up in the Puget Sound area of Washington State, the center of all grooviness up there. Yes. And, um, oh, well, if I'm 70, that means I'm a baby boomer. Yeah, for sure. And since you went ahead and used the word groovy, which enters us into cliche stereotype bill, um, I'm going to let you field a question I'm sure you get asked all the time which is astrology, come on. I mean, we live in a culture where astrology has so many wide interpretations. So I'd love it if you could just kind of elucidate our audience on what astrology means to you and what exactly you practice. Oh, yes. Well, thank you for giving me the option to to uh, to clearly state that uh, authentic astrology is very different than the, than the uh, type of uh, commercial astrology that I assume that most of your your um, listeners have been exposed to. I am an Aries, I am a uh, Taurus, I am a Gemini, sort of a thing. We don't even look at that in authentic astrology. The type of astrology that I specialize in is called Vedic astrology, the astrology that comes from the original teachings of the Vedas, the, the, uh, the, the major scriptures of the South, uh, South Asian continent. And the, this type of astrology actually considers the, the placement of all of the planets, not just your sun sign, which I'm sure everybody knows, but the, the placement of all the planets in front of the constellations. We consider the constellations as uh, uh, being the determinants of any, any given personality trait and, or any, any given life experience for the person, uh, as, oppo- as opposed to, you know, just the... With all due respect to Western astrology, the cliches of of uh, being uh, you're being identified as your sun sign. So I don't know if this is too obscure, but but um, authentic astrology has been used uh, legitimately for well for thousands of years. It's uh, 
it's been uh, it's just sadly degraded in the last 150 years or so. But there, but there is a resurgence in uh, in the use of authentic astrology to for self knowledge or for planning and timing. So it's uh, it's it's I'm sure it's a lot different than than what people have been exposed to in in uh, you know in the in the world of pop astrology. Yeah, and and something I tell people when I'm uh, speaking about like especially my experiences with you specifically, the reason I say that you're wise and I actually appreciate the help you give me is that you don't say things like you're going to die in a car accident, this bad thing's going to happen to you. You look at probability and percentages and likelihood and you explain them to me and you don't tell me exactly what's going to happen. What I would like to hear from you, because I've actually never asked you this, and this is super fun for me, is what's like your best, like, I'm at a dinner party story that can kind of wow people about astrology. And it doesn't have to be from yourself and your own client. Whoa, gosh, that's a great, that is also a great question. Well, I I will admit to you that I avoid talking about the subject that I, the fact that I'm an astrologer. That just brings up too many, too many questions. I've, I've met with all sorts as clients. I've met with with a lot of different people. Well, I think I think what I'm trying to push you for is like a story that would indicate that astrology is more than just guessing and luck. Oh yes. Well, I've had plenty of those kind of instances. One good uh, soundbite here is I remember somebody saying, "You saved my 401k." Now that was a few years ago, but again, the, the, it's 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 uh, you know kind of along the lines of. The, the uh, you know looking at astrology if, if a person knows what they're doing it's it's really pretty mechanical by that i mean that planets move into a certain position and uh, they they imply a condition it's pretty straightforward uh but it, an an example a relatively recent example i could cite would be um i got a an actual phone call a phone call from uh, a, a a man he was a a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist at a big uh, metropolitan uh, hospital, and he said, "I've uh, I was re- somebody referred you to me, but I want to but I want to see what you can I, I want to see what you say." So, uh, thanks to computers, I quickly whipped out his chart and I said, "Well, uh, you have an eating disorder. You were uh, alienated from a mother who did not support you, and you have a very very strange relationship." So um, he. He confirmed all of that immediately, but um, that's the uh, Vedic astrology can do that sort of thing. Um, I, I don't like to just show off like that, but uh, it, you know, it can. The, the, these particular planetary patterns can be seen, uh, and the, to the you know to the practical use of the client. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's a great example, and I think that kind of brings us to like the point that I wanted to get to which is this is a podcast that explores mortality and our opinions on death and uh, morality. So it's like a kind of triple shot. And so with the reason I wanted to have an astrologer on is that I think people believe that astrology is predictive and that it means that there's a predestined future. And so before you give me your opinion on death and dying and all of that, I'd like to know what Yodish astrology, the form that you practice, Vedic astrology, uh, what does it have to say about predetermination versus free will? Well, the the thank you. That's a, a that's that is the relevant question, and so the way I describe it in a very simple way is that the planets, um, you know, what astrology is based on the position of the planets at the 
exact time and date and place a person is born. The exact time of day is, is really important uh, because, uh, because it, re- it really helps define and refine what goes on during any 24-hour period for a person. So the planets are in certain places at uh, certain times of day, obviously, and, uh, but uh, I consider them to be default settings. So with, without, I mean, if a, a person with, uh, you know, without much consciousness of what they're doing, of course, they're, 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 they're going to, uh, they're going to act out their default settings. But default settings can be changed through application and experience and intelligence and good choices and certain things like that. So certain people are, are, they, they are fated to live out the, the, you know, the, what the planet's what the planets want them to do in a certain way. But again, the human consciousness overrides the influence of the planets. Now I'm saying that in a public venue here, and that's rather heretical for a professional astrologer to say something like that. But uh, your individual human conscious overrides the the influence of the planets. So, but I've also um, uh, considered, you know, just in the, decades that I've been looking at people's charts that I think there's about 30% fate or destiny or pre-imprinted uh, pre-imprint and about 70% uh, free will. Wow. So that's cool. Cause that actually personally pleases me just in a, like, I'd like to wake up every day and know that some things are already taken care of and planned. Like mom's prepared my lunch, I'm going to school, but what's going to happen at school and what the lunch is, is kind of like a little less controlled and you know that, or I can trade my lunch. Maybe that's a better metaphor. So cool. I, I really like that. That was a uh, very helpful. And, uh, I'd like to say your heresy is private in between us, but I hope this podcast blows up and people listen to it. And it's, uh, so I'll, I'll make sure to cover, uh, for you if that happens. Um, so the, uh, the, Million dollar question. The reason I'm having you on the show is I ask every single guest, what do you think happens when you die? So this is directed to you, Charlotte Benson. It's not about your profession. Uh, if the two overlap, that's fine. It's your answer. But what do you think happens when you die? Well, I think you uh, simply um, transfer energy to some intermediate, uh, some intermediate location, or uh, I, I think I think you, you're some level of your own consciousness goes on. Um, probably most of the people that you interview would say something like that. I, I firmly believe in reincarnation, in case that's associated with your question. Um, I think, you you know, it's just like you're dropping a suit of clothes uh, and on, on to the next big thing. And where you end up in that next level of you know, after you drop your body, where you end up, I think, is uh, a result, a cumulative uh, result of what you've done in this lifetime. I don't really believe in heaven and hell. I think that heaven and hell are experienced in this life. Uh, But I I believe that there's uh, essentially a benign place where you go to rest up, get, uh, get your bearings and, uh, either rest on your accumulated merit or get some kind of, uh, punishment is not the right idea, but, uh, you know, so th- there is a law of cause and effect. And, um, if, uh, I think when, when would get their just desserts, 
but that also only lasts for a certain period of time, I think. You can tell that I'm I'm uh, emphatic about this point. Even if you were even if you were to go even if one were to go straight to let's call it heaven for whatever reason, uh, one can only stay there a certain length of time because you actually run out of you know you run out of your your merit badge points for the, your good works and yeah. So actually. It's funny because China actually is doing this in real life. They're coming up with social credit. And uh, if you're a bad citizen, you lose social credit. And if you're a good citizen, you gain it. And it actually literally could be the difference between being admitted to like a better hospital or not. Um, so if you're a bad citizen, you lose social credit. Ergo, your life here is literally worse. So I'm kind of seeing this model with you like, hey, I was Mother Teresa. I helped the poor and the dying and the blah, blah, blah. I'm in heaven. And then all of a sudden they're like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Mother Teresa, it's been um, it's been 50 years. And I'm sorry, you did help a lot of people, but not enough to stay longer than this. Is that kind of? Yes, that is. That is. Uh, yes, I, I that that makes sense to me. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we see that kind of model here on this planet where, you know, you take good care of your health and you'll be healthy. If not, you won't be. Or, you know, it's, it's obviously it's a very elementary idea, but, but I also wanted to say that there's, you know, I'm, as a Vedic astrologer, I'm informed by the ancient classics of, uh, of let's call it Indian or Hindu or, or Vedic literature. And, you know, there's, there's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of instances uh, in, in those, in those ancient Shastras and in in those ancient source material about about what happens after death, and and that made what I read in you know in those sort of documents makes much more sense to me than what I was brought up on heaven and hell. Uh, I really resented that when I was a kid. I was so worried about going straight to hell, uh, not because I've done anything wrong, but I mean that was highly emphasized, wasn't it? I mean, I'm I'm getting over that now, but I do yes, but. Um, but in in any case, in the in the ancient shastras, there are stories of, you know, the ancient heroes of the Mahabharata, where especially one um, one character, I mean one one being or entity, uh, Yudhishthira, he was a, a flawless person, but he had to go to hell just for a minute because he thought some he thought something uh, I don't know because he hedged on something, but but uh, uh, I, I I think. Uh, there's plenty of material there in those in those ancient sources for for you know food for thought for sure. Yeah, and so you said a lot of interesting things, and I took a little notes, so I'm going to kind of like ask you sub questions from your overall answer, and I think they'll really help flesh out things that our listeners want to hear. So my first question is, you said kind of like taking off clothes and putting on new clothes. That metaphor doesn't quite work for me, only because. If, is Charlotte Benson, the person I'm talking to, the clothes, then what is the real person, quote unquote? Because that means Charlotte Benson wouldn't go to heaven, right? Like this thing underneath Charlotte Benson would go. Is that correct? That, that is correct. So in, in the Vedic literature, that, that, that internal entity that persists forever is the Atman. I guess you could sort of correlate that to soul, although I'm not sure about these these terms really either. For quite frankly, is soul the same as spirit? But what whatever um, you know, whatever invisible ent- entity, the etheric body, or or the you know the part that does not decay, uh, that that remains forever, somewhere. And that thing that remains forever, does it have like a personality that is? 
in each of its lives that is similar? Like that's something I've always been trying to figure out with people who believe what you believe. Well, I think that personality might not be the exact word. It's more like consciousness. Uh, that a person is, uh, that consciousness is what persists. Um, And I realize that's also a a broad term, but uh, what is that, awareness of something, or level of consciousness? Um, But then we say, if I start to use a term like level of consciousness, that sounds pretentious to me, but but then that, that, that also implies some kind of judgment that people are, you know, some people are low consciousness, I mean, how do we even define that? But, to back, you know, carving back around to your question, it's it's the consciousness, or we could let's say Atman, A-T-M-A-N, that uh, that that persists in in some form. I think that the personality. I mean, you use that that term uh, specifically. The personality changes through every, let's say, incarnation. Um, because the personality is just basically interaction with the out, the with the outside world or the outside plane that you know in the next the in the next incarnation, so that's something a little more sur- superficial, I think. No, that's great, and and so the Atman, I'm going to refer to it as the Atman for the rest of the interview because it's easier for me and it makes sense. Um, so the, I don't want to call it a soul because you've been specific and I like that. So the Atman, does the Atman care? Like, does the Atman care if Charlotte Benson? gets in her car tonight, drinks five drinks and runs over a, a school, but like a group of school kids. Just, I'm trying to pick the most far-fetched example. Like, Well, yes. I mean, it is to be hoped. Yes. The Atman. Well, if now the, the, the instance that you just described would be that now that starts to get involved with someone else's, dare I say it, karma, fate, destiny. So if I um, run over someone, there is a definite uh, there is a definite destined link between my atman and that other person's atman. That could be a you know there could be a pre uh, there's you know a preordained contract uh, uh, you know for this to happen. As unhappy as it sounds, uh, so does the atman care? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm sure it does, uh, but. If if planet Earth is a you know is a is a school for for experience and you know challenging uh, challenging opportunities bring growth and all that sort of all those sorts of quaint ideas uh, quaint but true ideas rather um, yeah I don't know if the Atman cares but that that specific instance is that there's a lot of pe- moving pieces associated with that um, your 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 example. I think like, cause what I'm trying to figure out is like, so I believe that I've always felt and I currently believe that there's definitely a me and a me and one me observes the other me and I can never figure out if the higher me, the higher self, what I think might be my Oppmann is actually able to grab the steering wheel of Mike Oppenheim and say, no, 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 we're going this way. Or if it just sits there paralyzed, not with fear and not with hope or not with any emotion, but just literally paralyzed. So that's kind of what I'm trying to ask is not only could the, is it possible for the Ottman to care, which is an emotion, but is it also possible for the Ottman to do? Good Lord. You ask, you ask these probing questions, dear. Hmm. 
I don't. I don't think the Atman is paralyzed. I think that there is again that uh, that aspect of detached observation in terms of uh, of your again making you you're making conscious choices. You're making conscious choices. Now, who directs the conscious choice to do to do good or ill? Um, I, I think part of that is associated with habits. Quite frankly, I, I think that um, you can. Uh, you can sort of train yourself to take the higher road or something along those lines. I'm not sure I'm even addressing your question. You are, and I'm actually ready to completely jump to a different topic because to me, these are all related and I trust my audience. I think they're going to see where I'm going with all this. I am interested in exploring this like actual scientific side of the Vedic astrology. And so my next question is directly related to that, which is... um, you talked about preordained like meetings. So like in the fake example of the car accident, it was preordained between two Ottmans that this would occur. So have you ever looked at a chart and just wanted to cry? Like you're just like, oh my God, your preordained life is terrible by anyone's standards. Like is that possible and has that happened? Well, I'm sure it's possible. Um, and, uh, but I, no, I have not had that kind of experience. And if I had, I would certainly would not. Uh, I would not articulate that to my client, for heaven's sakes. That is, I mean, I have to go by the, the, you know, the, the idea of is what is helpful. What is helpful? And again, I, as I previously mentioned, there's, there's, uh, uh, things can be, things can can be changed. And that is the main reason, for one of the main reasons for looking at, at Jyotish or Vedic astrology is to, as you you cited in your own example of that. That health-related issue um, uh, is to, as they say, to avert the danger which has not yet come. So, uh, yes, some, yes, oh yes, charts that, uh, charts, that's the, we could also say charts are equivalent to horoscopes. Uh, There are plenty of really challenging horoscopes, for sure. But that is what the person signed up for in this lifetime. you know, as uh, as uh, what Plato says in the Timaeus, that a soul chooses the exact time to be born, the, the exact time, place, and to which parents to be born, and then crosses the river Lethe, the uh, river of forgetfulness, and uh, shows up to have the adventures that they signed up to have. Uh, some of these adventures are questionable. I mean... You could say, what were you thinking by having your eighth house lord in the first house? Or something like that. <laughs> but uh, it's perfect for that person, uh, even if it's very complex. Uh, but Well, I can relate it um, personally. You've met my first wife. You've met my son. And you know what happened with my first wife and my son. And you know my my second and last ever wife, my current wife, my only uh, person who's our producer of the show, and she's on the phone. And so you saw me in phases of my life. You saw me before my first marriage. You saw me during it. You saw me after it. And each of these times, you gave me advice that I did and did not follow and, and consider correctly or incorrectly. And so that's why I'm a big fan of yours, and I'm a big fan of explaining this to people. And actually, I'm going to bring it down a level from like, big major events I just spoke about to like small ones. You also tell me things like, Hey, November 11th, watch your temper. And then I like remember on November 11th, cause I'll put these little notes and sure enough, like at some point that day, I'm about to like explode and murder this person ahead of me in line. And instead I just go, Charlotte told me to watch my temper. It might be wise to succumb 
to her advice instead of giving into my ego. Because I know I'm right. I know this person ahead of me has 15 items and this is a 10-item list, but they also could be uh, carrying a gun. That is correct. Well, that is a better part of wisdom, young man, uh, to, as I would so also so delicately say to you, what are those? I, I think you're describing a Mars, when Mars is prominent in, in your chart, to, to put up and shut up. That's my delicate advice. But yes, it, yeah, uh, the astrology is really quite remarkable because it can, it can address the questions of eons and kalpas, you know, these, these time periods that are, you know, millions and billions of years long. And then it can also uh, uh, be useful in terms of saying, you know, what's going to happen this afternoon? That's, that's great. And I, I think what I'm trying to build up to, I told you I had a bunch of sub questions that would lead to one cohesive, is, is the following, which is, Morality, as stated by most people in America, I'm going to stick to the country we both live in. Um, it's like pretty black and white. It's pretty Judeo-Christian. Thou shalt not this. Thou shalt not that. Um, you know, we run into gray areas with like a few things, but for the most part, it's very cut and dry. So I'm curious, with you and your opinion of the Atman and birth and death um, and cycles of life and karma. Does it really matter? Like, is morality actually a thing, or is it a perception of suffering related to morality? Well, you know, let your conscience be your guide, according to the great philosopher Jiminy Cricket. So, um, I, I think that I, 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 I don't know if this is relevant. You'll tell me that uh, choices boil down to two different uh, impulses: love or fear. Isn't 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 that right? Um, well, I mean, that's how, you know, at, at this stage of my life, I have to distill things so that I can understand them. And it's not, it's not exactly black or white, but it's, uh, I think people can, uh, I mean, if, if it's put in those kinds of terms, fear, a, a lot of, a lot of this bad behavior we see recently is, is based on fear, isn't it? People, uh, people want, they, people want their stuff. There's not enough to go around and, to heck with everybody else. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course, and I, I think that that's fear-based. And um, but the, uh, the then, then the other option is love, and I don't mean that in a, a corny way, but but having having faith in a compassionate universe that yes, there's plenty to go around and uh, be a decent person, and uh, and uh, you know there's 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 a better way here, isn't there? Um, I mean, there must be a better way. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's very profound. I, uh, it's weird. I've never in my life thought about fear as the opposite of love. I've thought of fear as its own thing, but I've never, that's a really profound concept for me. I'm going to have to think about that for way longer than I have time on this podcast. Um, but I do like to live, uh, leave my guests with a chance to have the floor. So we are up to the end of the interview. Uh, you've said so many profound and wise things. You've also, I think, really done a really succinct job of breaking down Vedic astrologies for people who are interested. So Charlotte Benson, uh, originally from the Puget Sound region, but currently in Phoenix, Arizona, what would you like our audience to know? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I think that, um, again, if we can just uh, uh, bring it back to those those two very simple concepts of uh, fear or love, these th those type of, um, those concepts can help I believe that they can help people make choices on a daily basis, which will improve their life. Uh, choosing to believe in a compassionate universe, for instance, as opposed to uh, believing it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world and there's not enough to go around and 
and that sort of thing. I think that uh, that people have much more uh, much more control over their destiny based on the small decisions they make they make every day. And yes, it is true that certain people have, I mean, the people have proclivities in one way or the other based on their based based on their planetary positions. Uh, uh, it, it's true, and uh, but still, I think that uh, developing now here's a corny bit again. But I'm an old lady; you have to go with the corny. You know, developing one's own uh, personal spiritual practice, whatever that looks like, spiritual pra- practice. Uh, helps you know helps people lead lead healthier, happier lives, uh, and probably uh, orients a person more toward uh, toward faith and love uh, than than fear. Wow. Well, Charlotte Benson, thank you so much for helping us put another nail in the coffin. Uh, this has been a wonderful, wonderful uh, opportunity for me. I was so excited to interview you. And uh, thank you again. I know you're actually extremely busy. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule for us here at Coffin Talk Interviews with the Living. Once again, to my listeners, my name is Mike Oppenheim. And we would love it if you could subscribe to the show, share it with a friend, and give us a positive rating on Apple. And maybe you can develop your own spiritual practice. Uh, that would be excellent as well. So thank you again, Charlotte. And to everyone else, I will see you soon.